Hello, everybody. This is Sam with National Sports Overtime. I am also putting this podcast up on daily sports betting overtime, and it is back. It's college basketball season. Today is opening day, and I am excited to say the least. Now, to address the elephant in the room. No, call it uh, National Sports Overtime has not went the way that I had planned. Um, it didn't have a vision or a focus, I don't believe. And through taking time off, through being able to step back, see, and try to get a vision for it and know where I wanted it to go, then this is the relaunch. This is a great day to begin that and get it started back. And like I said, I am totally excited. For those of you who do listen to Daily Sports Betting Overtime, then you know I have taken the last two to three days off dealing with a kidney infection, kidney stones, and back problems. So I am missing sports. Did I watch sports when I was off? Yes. However, I don't know that I did it so much as looking to make comments on it, to look for betting um, angles, or how to get an edge, I really, really think that I watched it more as a fan. Probably more so than I have done in, I don't know, since January, probably. And even though college football and NFL this week went crazy and a lot of betters lost their shirts, a lot of fans lost their minds, um, I enjoyed it because I didn't place any bets. I wasn't really rooting for anyone except for my Florida Gators who let me down by totally just losing it to South Carolina. (sighs) But it's a brand new day, brand new season starting, and I can't help but be optimistic. So I want to hit fairly quickly some questions, some topics, Going into this season that starts, I believe, at 3 o'clock, we're going to see and experience it. You're also going to hear me talking about women's college basketball. Not so much this episode than telling you I absolutely love South Carolina's women's basketball team. And I think any of you who have listened to me personally, or any episodes that I have done on any of my podcasts, 
then you know that I loved Don Staley as a kid, as a teenager, as a young adult, and now as being ancient. So, um, I have been rooting for her as a head coach, you know, when she started with Temple. I have watched her play at Virginia with Coach Tammy Reese. Um, I have to throw that out there. She is now also a coach, and she was one of my favorite players also. Um, Don Staley on the Olympic team, Don Staley on the WNBA, and you're going, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's what I'm going to say about college basketball for now, but know that I am going to be talking about it this season. As far as the kind of number one thing that people want to talk about in college basketball is who are some teams that can possibly be sleepers that we've not heard of that we want to make sure to catch their games. Now, am I talking as a better or as a college basketball fan? Uh, both. Um, I am excited. You guys know I love mid-majors. Now, that doesn't mean I don't like watching the Blue Bloods. I definitely will be watching Kentucky Duke tonight. But, I need to go ahead and warn you that some of my topics are going to be on the mid-majors, like Loyola, Chicago, in the Missouri Valley Conf- uh, Conference. You know, last season, I was on Drake. Big time. They suffered an injury. It's the last part of the season that really was a downer for them. However, they were still exciting to watch, to follow. Loyola Chicago is going to be that team in the Missouri Valley this year. They have a lot of players returning. They have a good coach. They have been practicing extremely hard. And I don't mean just sweat dripping off their body. I mean making accomplishments, climbing stairs. By that I mean they're ready to take the next step to be on national TV, to make the tournament, to go far in the tournament, to make some noise. Now, I'm not making any predictions that they're going to win the national championship. Just telling you, if their game's on, you might want to catch it. Same thing, St. Bonaventure. If you're into defensive basketball, the St. Bonnies, ooh, they can play defense. They talk really well on defense and cover for each other. But the thing that I absolutely love is how they recover after they help someone and the talk that they use um, last year. I felt like they needed a lot of work on blocking out and getting the ball. Because at moments they would block out, but then they wouldn't aggressively go get the ball. Or they would aggressively go get the ball, 
not block out. This year, from what everything I'm reading and hearing, they've got it down. And so that's one team that I am interested in watching this year. Are they going to keep opponents scoring down? And if they do, does that make their opponents get frustrated, make even more mistakes? If so, this could be a good team to really follow, watch them grow, watch them mature. Colorado State, um, I think this is a sleeper team. Are they as much of a sleeper team as what they were last season? Probably not. I want to see how they make progress and see what exactly they can do. A true sleeper team that I'm going to be watching this year is Holy Girls. They struggled a lot last year. They still have players from their old system to the new system. And what I mean is that a coaching change, Brett Nelson is now in charge up there. He's trying to recruit his players, his type of kids. And so he enjoys a hard-nosed, pretty athletic, but extremely good vision type player. He wants his kids to make that extra pass. So I'm interested in seeing them in the beginning of the season and see if they actually have grown. Then we've got Louisiana Tech. Remember this name. Kenny Lofton Jr. Um, I think he falls under my category of special player on a non-Power 5 type team, being at Louisiana Tech. And I'm going to talk more about that at the end of the episode, but you really want to look for special players that are on non-Power 5 teams that can go out and score 40 or 50 for you or play lockdown defense and win a game for you that is big. In big moments, in big pressure situations, they have a tendency to step up. And I think Kenny Laughlin is the kid that could do this for Louisiana Tech. Now, let's talk some teams that you guys do know. Let's talk Villanova. Guys, I know all of you are jumping on the UConn bandwagon. Yes, I do believe they will hit the top 25. They will stay there. They will fall out. They will hit the top 25. They will stay there. You know, I think that's going to be UConn's type season. I think they're a definite tournament team this year. They probably could win two games in the tournament. Probably, maybe, possibly, but Villanova, I think, is a lock. Now, that's going to be one of my futures bets, 
is Villanova winning the Big East? I don't think anybody can compete with their players or Jay Wright, who is an excellent coach, and I think no one would argue that. I'm interested to see what Villanova does this week. And we're going to be talking that more as the week progresses. Michigan or Purdue? That's a conversation that's happening a lot out in the Midwest. And people don't know which side they want to fall on. College basketball analysts have the same questions. However, the nation of fans, the people that casually watch college basketball, will automatically choose Michigan. Now, I don't want to insult you or offend you if you are looking towards rooting for Michigan. Because I will be too, or my brother-in-law may get me. But, I think you better not sleep on Purdue. Matt Painter doesn't get enough credit for what he achieves at Purdue with the players that he gets. And I think a lot of people are sleeping on Purdue. Not the fans in the Midwest, but, like I said, just casual basketball fans, for the simple part, Purdue doesn't move the needle, doesn't get people excited. Let me tell you, Coach Matt Painter and the Bullermakers may make you excited this year and may give Michigan a run for their money in the Big Ten for the Big Ten um, title, maybe even in the Big Ten tournament. Now, everybody wants to talk about Tennessee. I'm from the South. I love SEC football and basketball. No, I don't want to talk about the Gators. Do not email me at nationalsportsovertime at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter at natsportsot. Please, don't talk to me about my Florida Gators, either football or basketball. Yes, I still love them. However, they drive me crazy. And we'll talk about that more with Florida, Florida State that's coming up. Back to Tennessee, though. Kennedy Chandler. Let me say that again. Kennedy Chandler. Let's watch him this season. Let's see how good he can be. Let's see if he can play big in pressure moments and big moments. Can Tennessee upset some people? Bama, maybe at home. I don't see them going into Tuscaloosa and waking Bama fans up and saying, hey, Tennessee's here. Mm, No. Arkansas? Mm, Again, maybe at home. Not in Arkansas. Eric Musselman's too good for that. So, I think, I know Tennessee will be good this year, but my question is, 
how good. I think they're number four, probably, in the SEC. Do I still feel that way in January after the beginning of the new year? And do I feel that way in March? I think we have to see where Kennedy Chandler takes them. Now, everybody is saying Gonzaga this, Gonzaga that. Guys, go back. They've been saying that for years. I love Mark Few. And what he has done in Spokane has been amazing. Does he win it? Um, maybe. But I thought maybe last year. I don't know. I really, really don't want to predict it. But I have a funny feeling one of the tried and true faithfuls, the Blue Bloods, the teams we see in and out for the last 30, 40, 50 years wins it this year. But I'm taking a wait and see. It's the first day. Come on, guys. I'll know better January 1st. Hubert Davis. Here's my thinking question of the day. Does North Carolina's brand new coach, Hubert Davis, beat out Coach K at Duke for Coach of the Year in the ACC? Not the National Coach of the Year. Yeah, I'm not ready to predict that one yet either. But does Hubert Davis beat out Coach K? I think he's got a real good shot. Do I like Hubert Davis? No. Didn't like him as a player, both at North Carolina or in the NBA. Don't really like him as an analysis. Respect his opinions and his basketball knowledge. Like him? No. No, no, no. Do I want him to beat Coach K? No. Definitely not. And we're going to get into that in a minute. But can he? Yes. He's got the team. He's got the knowledge. He's got the experience. Can he get it done without having a lot of coaching background or really working with people? which he has done at basketball camps. And being a basketball analysis or analyst is you have to know your basketball. You have to be able to break things down. You have to be able to process it and process it quick enough to give people insight on what they or seen. Can he do that with college kids? I think that remains to be seen. But yes, he can beat Coach K out for ACC Coach of the Year. Will he? No, I don't think so. I think Duke is a special team this year. Yes, I know I'm joining the bandwagon. I've been a Duke fan for quite a while. Coach K under Bobby Knight at Army still sticks out to me. Was I around then? Maybe. 
maybe not. Maybe I wasn't born. Maybe I was. But let's not get into ages right now. However, going back and watching Coach K on older films of him coaching at Army, because he took over Army after Bob Knight left to go to Indiana. And then coming to Duke and starting... No, rewind that. Not starting, but renewing a Duke program. And making it into what it is today. When people hear Duke, I think they think winning and excellence. Or blind hatred, because it is very popular to hate Duke. It's very popular to poke holes at them. I mean, after all, they haven't won an ACC title outright by themselves since 2006. They haven't shared an ACC title since 2010 and haven't been to the Final Four since 2015. A lot of people called way earlier than this season for Coach K to retire, to turn the reins over. Tommy Amaker, um, Johnny Dark, Dawkins, um, everybody from Duke just went popping out of my head. Bobby Hurley. Um, there are so many on his tree. They chose John Shire. I love it. Was I rooting for Wojo? I was rooting for Wojo since the day he graduated. However, he left. And... He wanted to test his skills at a program of his own to show Duke University that he knew what he was doing. Last season at Marquette, well, actually the last two seasons at Marquette, uh, I think scared the Duke people. What can John Shire do? I think unbelievable things. If you have heard him, met him, been around him, watched him on coaching um, webinars. His grasp of the game, of culture, of players, their attitudes, their feelings, really incisive for someone of his young age that hasn't been a head coach. Cannot wait for him to make decisions this season. And you're saying, what do you mean this season? No, 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 Coach K's still there. Yes. But I do believe after watching Coach K work and teach his players, both at Duke and the Olympics, by throwing them into the fire, by then testing their knowledge, their experience, and watching them learn and grow. I think that's how he's going to do John Shire this season. And I think he's probably been doing it with him the last two. And I'm interested to see how he's going to be as the new Duke coach next season. This season's all about Coach K.
And if you don't think the Duke faithful, the Cameron Crazies, and the players don't want to send Coach K off riding into the sunset with an ACC title, an ACC tournament title, and going to the Final Four, but not only going to the Final Four, but winning the national championship, you are crazy. As will the media. I think we've got to follow that storyline all season. I think we've got, as I discussed earlier, to watch special players on non-Power 5 teams who steps up, who can carry their team. But also, we want to watch, will they get COVID? Will they have to set out? Will they have an injury? Will they lose focus, hit the wall? Because they're young and they're not used to the college pressure of handling both academics, athletics, preparing their personal life, their social media life, and just their different commitments as far as with the media. A lot of players, especially young players, they hit that wall around January 1st and then again in last week of January, first week of February. They get re-energized conference tournaments or trying to make some noise going into the tournament. We've got to watch these special players. And are we going to see them flourish and move up or stay? Yeah, I heard you. A lot of you went, huh? What, Sam? What are you talking about? Well, that brings me to Kansas. See, COVID allowed people an extra year. It allowed people to transfer. It allowed teams to do a lot of different things. And Kansas, I think, is one of the epitomes of that. Look at how many transfers they've got coming in this year and how they will need them to jail in order for Kansas to be the powerhouse history wants them to be. However, going into tonight's game and the future matchup Friday night, they have two players out. One drunk driving incident, one injured. They're also trying to make all these transfers from lower schools, such as from Creighton, be able to fit into not only the University of Kansas academics, but also their team, what they stand for, and what they've already built. See, transfers can come in, and they can kill you, because they think it's Jenga, and they can pull out pieces and restock them and it not fall down. 
However, when you usually play Jenga and you restock enough, it crumbles. Hence the game. But that's what happens on basketball teams. If you are not willing to say, yeah, I don't play Jenga. I play team basketball. And you're not going to remove pieces but become part of the tire. Then transfers can cause a lot more problems than maybe what they're worth. So we're going to watch that. But I'm calling it now. What is going to be the most fun of this season? Fans. Fans like you and me is going to make this college basketball season rock. Fans are going to play a huge part in home court advantage and making those barns, those arenas, those little gyms, those big stadiums, those cracker box places that people play. I've never been so excited to see the Cameron Crazies again. To witness, you know, uh, the Kansas Jayhawks chanting rock chalk. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see, you know, Indiana Hoosiers play in Bloomington this season and those fans right on top of that court going wild. Cannot wait. It is going to be the season of the fans. Both by talking and cheering and laughing and enjoying their team's journey. But all the discussions that they're going to generate just because fans are excited and they're back. They didn't have that last year. And every time I watched a game, a college game, I looked around and watched it on TV and said, they're missing something. We're not going to miss anything this year. Fans are back. And it's going to get wild. I can't wait to enjoy the season with you. And I can't wait for this brand new start to this podcast. I look forward to going down the road with you. We'll be covering other sports. But college basketball has a special place in my heart. And you're going to feel that. I'll talk to you soon. Maybe later today or after tonight's action. If you guys are betting people, you should subscribe to Daily Sports Betting Overtime. You don't have to. I'm not asking you to. I'm just saying if you're interested in betting angles, you may want to check out today. I'm doing dollar bets on most of the games today. Yeah, 
there's hundreds. I'll talk to you soon, and hopefully I'll see you down the road.